when you say second chances, I tell people, I don't believe in second chances. And I pause. You don't believe in second chances. What you in this position for if you don't believe in second chances? I come to understand that they need better chances. You can give them a second, third, fourth, 90 times, and they'll keep going to prison. Why? Because some of them never had a first chance. Welcome to an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'm a normal guy. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, and I've been a football coach in inner city Memphis. And the last part, it unintentionally led to an Oscar for the film about our team called Undefeated. Guys, I believe our country's problems will never be solved by a bunch of fancy people in nice suits using big words that nobody else uses on CNN and Fox, but rather an army of normal folks, us, just you and me deciding, hey, I can help. That's what Lee Robbins, the voice we just heard, has done. This pastor and businessman never expected to find himself in prison, and yet, there he was. And so, he decided to dive in, serving the minds and souls of the men around him. And when he got out, he then started a re-entry program called Vital Signs, which has helped over 1,800 returning citizens and boasts a recidivism rate of only 2%. And my favorite part, this model of his, it's self-sustaining. I cannot wait for you to meet Pastor Lee right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. And I'm going to tell you guys something. You know who likely won't be a sponsor of an army of normal folks? Is Regis. We rented a space at the office rental company to do this very interview, but their employee was late and wasn't there to open the office for us to do the interview, so um, we had to to move. Um, The worst part about not showing up is they also refused to refund our reservation that they never made happen. Uh, The only reason I'm telling you this is when we moved, we moved to a hotel across the street, and we actually recorded this interview in a public space there, which obviously has people in it. Um, so during the interview, you might hear people walking around in the background occasionally. It doesn't happen too often, but if you hear that, um, it's not Alex the producer adding in some kind of weird 
uh, background noise for effect. It's actually people walking around. Um, but thanks to Regis, that's the best opportunity we had to complete our interview. And if Regis is still listening, we're happy to take the refund. Um, and the rest of us, uh, we'll get back to the episode. Lee Robbins, what's up? What's up? What's up is just, I'm here with you, man. Man, I, we're in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll get to what you're doing and what you've been doing for sure, but where, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? I'm all the way from H-Town, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Yeah, in the ghettos of Houston, Texas. Tell me about the ghettos. What ward? It's or is a, it a ward? It's actually the South Park. It's, it's next to Third Ward. Uh, you probably known Ast- the Astrodome. Sure. All right. So it's right down the road from the Astrodome, right? Got it. And uh, it is a, a place where it's uh, heavy poverty. You know, it's really a ghetto, ghetto place. It's Compton. It's kind of Com- The Compton of Houston. Yes. Siblings? Yeah, I got uh, two brothers and two sisters, five of us. Five of you and mom and dad at home? Actually, mom raised five kids as mom a maid. Raised- Where'd dad go? Dad, we, they divorced when I was four, and uh, Dad was um, doing his thing, you know. And uh, uh, my mom was forced to raise the uh, um, me and my siblings, you know. And um, very tough, very tough time. You know, she, no transportation for her. She had to use the city bus to go from uh, job to job, house to house as a maid. She was a drunkard herself. Uh, I can see my mom coming home. She was an alcoholic. Alcoholic. Uh, drinking a lot and embarrassed about the kids. You know, I mean, embarrassed in front of the kids. My friends, when my mom was drunk coming home, staggering from one side of the street to the other side. So of, you, when you were at home, you were embarrassed? I was very embarrassed mom. of my mom. Uh, it How, was, uh, what, what, where were you in the group of kids? What number were you? Next to the youngest. Uh, Got it. You know, so my my did oh, the did the oldest almost help raise you guys too? Exactly. I my sister, she's the oldest, and uh, then I had a brother, and then another sister, and then me, then another brother. You know, so she was pretty much uh, our mom. So did you? Uh, I guess no transportation. You went to school in the hood, right? Wherever school was, three there. miles walking to school, and uh, you know, I can remember. Walking to school with my 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 shoes, the, the the soles of my shoes out at times, and socks getting wet, and you know you you going to school, rain, sleep, it's no, it's you're gonna be. In my school. grandmother and grandfather grew up in the depression, uh-huh. and I had some loafers that I'd worn a I don't know about a half dollar size hole just right in the in the yeah. sole, and they took uh, some cardboard, uh-huh. and cut out a disc. And tucked it in my shoe, yeah. <laughs> and I had I had cardboard covering a hole in my shoe for uh, about two or three weeks. Yeah, so I know what that's you know like. what that like, that's- and it's all right until it rains. Yeah, then that cardboard gets soggy, and your feet get wet, <laughs> and then your feet stink. Exactly, it's terrible. <laughs> exactly, and everybody don't want to sit next to you. Everybody nobody school. wants to sit next to that guy with the stinky feet <laughs> the with stinky the cardboard shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So you did you did you stay all the way through high school in in this area in South South Park, right? South Park. So uh-huh. you graduated high school from the school in South Park. Yes, uh, graduated from high school. You know, I, I did some some things as in the little league football. Good. You know, played that, kept me out of trouble, played some basketball. Yeah. I don't even know if you remember the five slammer jammers back in the day. Who, could, who <laughs> could not remember Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, yes. and who was the third one? Uh, Yeah, Young. Uh, yeah, 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 right. Sure. But yeah, yeah. but why? The, the, that's Everybody in Houston was just set on fire by yeah. that, right? I mean, that's a, that's a rememberable thing because all they did was slam. Yep. I mean, they just, they up and down the slam and, and slam. slam and slam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I mentioned them because those are the guys that I used to play against. I was All-American in high school basketball. You were an All-American in All-American high school basketball? In high, yes. And were then, you really, bro? Yes. I used to play against them guys in high school. Why didn't you, did you go, well, okay, so you graduated and you went to the University of Houston. Did you go to Houston to play basketball? I went to Houston to play basketball, but then I didn't pass the physical. And tell me, flat feet, 
everything. They didn't even want to deal with me. Even a male American. Yeah. And then I had, then I had, of course, I had a, a injury too. And then I thought, man, do I want to have a surgery? Or do I want to play basketball? Or what would I do in my, with my life right now? It was a deciding factor. I decided at that time that I was going to be a preacher. And they're like, what do you want to be a preacher for? I'm like, time out. You're talking <laughs> about like your freshman year in college? Yes. So the reason you went to the University of Houston was basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was trying to get to is yeah. what, what got you to the University of Houston. And now this comes up. So basketball. You happened to, you could hoop. Yeah. Yeah, I had a little something. And I still think I got something, but, it, you know, the mind is, <laughs> you know, you know it's, it's not, the mind is there, but the body is not there, right? <laughs> All right. So now you, basketball's gone. Yeah. And you're a freshman at the University of Houston. You say, mm-hmm. I want to be a preacher. Right. So what's your major? It's actually business computer information systems because I thought. That doesn't jive. That doesn't jive because I thought, man, preachers are poor. I don't want to be no preacher. I mean, (laughs) I I have a heart to want to help people, but they're poor. They don't have no money, you know. And so I say, let me get my degree in business computer information systems in business. And then I can get that degree first, start working in, and then support myself. And then I can do what I really like doing. I, so where where did the where did the draw to faith come from? I mean, d- despite your mother's alcoholism and the poverty, were y'all always in church on Sundays or not really? Um, my when I saw that mu- that much destruction in my life, and I thought, man, it's got to be a better life. It's got to be something better than this. And uh, I can remember making a deal with God. I said, God, if if I can stop smoking dope and get off these drugs myself, then I don't need you. So where <laughs> were you smoking weed in high school? At in, all? Hi, in high school, uh, I started when I was eight years old. Really? From eight to 15, I was smoking dope, you know? And, uh, and I was gonna be a drug dealer, actually. My brother taught me how to sell drugs. I had people, that's where I learned most of my business skills from. I was franchising, you know, people working for us on the streets, uh, you know, doing our business, right? And um, I thought, man, this is not a good life for me. And so I, I decided if I can't stop this myself, then that means I, I don't have the strength to do this and I need to trust something bigger than myself. And I made a deal with God. I said, if, you, hey, if I can't stop it in 30 days, I'm giving my life over to you. Well, in 29 days, <laughs> I, wow. I failed. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so yeah. the truth is you're a kid born into poverty with an absent father and an alcoholic mother, and you're doing what the streets bring you, and mm-hmm. you happen to be a talented basketball player, but right. you're in the streets doing street kid stuff. Absolutely. And because of your basketball, you're able to get to the University of Houston. Absolutely. And there you said, well, let me try this management information, computer systems things, because maybe I can make some money. Yes. And that's that. That's that. And you graduate from Houston with that degree. With that degree. And you still want to be a preacher? I still am a preacher, you know, but uh, I'm one that um, probably unorthodox preacher. I mean, I'm... You know, in terms of, I'm not the one with the suit on Sunday and preaching and on. You know, I I don't like the flamboyance of a lot of that. I just I just want to be a normal dude that has the Lord in his heart and his life and love on people. Okay. You know? So you go to Tulsa because mm-hmm. you want to get your degree, yeah. your master's, I think, from Oral Roberts. Yes. I decided to go to Oral Roberts uh, to get my master's in in divinity. In divinity. Yeah, that's a three-year degree. And um, Tulsa, Oklahoma is really like the harbor of Christian schools. You're in Tulsa, and you start a business? Is that? Yeah. What what spurred the business? Well, you know, in school, student, you doing full-time classes, no money. Right. No doubt. I, I was with you. Broke. Poor. Yeah, broke. Broke and poor. Yeah. And I thought, well, I, I need to make some money. So I remember my cousin, who's, who's got an accounting firm, a tax firm, 
And I had spent a summer or two there learning that business and that kind of thing. And I thought, well, maybe I can franchise Does he that do business. like preparing tax, like an H&R Block thing, a, yeah. a, a, tax, a yeah. tax deal? A tax preparation company. Yeah. Do you have to be an accountant? You don't have to be an accountant necessarily to have one of those. No, you? no. He was the CPA over our company. Uh-huh. And, you know, he checked all the documents and stuff like that. But I was just doing regular tax returns, bookkeeping. Um, busy, got, busy, 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 busy during tax season. Absolutely, absolutely. And then we tapped into an industry of barbers and hairstylists who would not prepare their tax returns. They wouldn't do their tax returns. and But they couldn't get cars and houses and stuff because they couldn't prove their records. So that was an industry I, I got, got into. Okay. You know? And I started getting a bunch of barbers and <laughs> hairstylists. And people, like, a lot of people who have a lot of cash right. in their business. <laughs> right. Got it. Yeah. All right. So you're doing that mm-hmm. while you're going to school. While I'm going to school. All right. And so basically you're preparing taxes for folks. Correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And helping them hopefully clean up their cash heavy businesses. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. In a legal way. In a legal way. It was uh, a niche in that business. Sure. And, I thought, and you yeah. make a little money doing it while yeah. you're in school. Absolutely. All right. And so do you graduate from Oral Roberts? Yeah, I graduated from Oral Roberts. The business was doing well, making six figures at this point, um, franchising the business. How old are you at this time? I'm 29. Are you married? No, I'm not married at this time. I got married when I was 32. Got it. And so I'm just, I'm I'm franchising. I have this entrepreneurial background that I learned back in the drug. Got it. <laughs> right. And I saw, I was like, I'm going to franchise this, man. I'm going to start getting, I got five offices open. We're doing thousands and thousands of dollars worth of tax returns in this industry, in this niche. And everybody loving, you know, hey, listen, I can still report my taxes. I can do it. And, uh, you know, I don't have to do stuff under the table now. I can report my financials and give me a house and give yeah, me a the, car. The, the people that you're serving. Are, yeah. Right. Yeah, they're like, oh, man, I love this business. So they bring me on, pay me monthly residual income, and this is growing. And so I graduated from Oral Roberts, you know, and it, it allowed me to be able to go and, and buy a house in Georgia. So I'm doing good in Georgia. I left that office in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to one of the employees there. All right, hang on. Okay. So why Georgia? Georgia's, my wife and I, you know, our ministry uh, was a multicultural ministry. Uh, Hold it. We're jumping. So during the Mm -hmm. growing of the business, you do meet your wife. I do. In Tulsa. In Tulsa. All right. And you guys get married. We get married. And now your business has grown and and you're married and you decide you want to move to Georgia for the ministry, not for the business. Right. For the ministry. And so we we thought Georgia was a very segregated place. You know, uh, our ministry of multiculturalism can can thrive and so we can explain multiculturalism multiculturalism multiracial um you know multiple races cultures coming together in one place you know looks like one church it didn't matter what color you were what race what culture we bringing it together right because we want to look like heaven you know i don't know who said it but um it's been said that the most segregated day in the united states is sunday Correct. Absolutely. 11 o'clock hour on Sunday. And so you're trying to uh, yeah, to here, blend that. Trying to blend that because... Well, let me ask that. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to blend black folks who are used to two and a half hour services with white <laughs> folks who are ready to go in one hour? How do you do that? What do you, what do you have, an hour and 30 minutes? Is no. that the compromise? How's that work? There was a lot of compromising. When my wife and I met my wife in seminary, and so... When we uh we were asked we asked the uh, professor how do you start a multicultural church because we haven't seen nothing like that out there back in well because it's not just black and white yeah it's actually there's there's such a difference in the way that black and white people worship the same God often absolutely absolutely so what are you doing well the 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 professors didn't know they're like we had never seen he said they said when you guys go out there and and start a church uh, right. You know, you write the book and we'll teach it. That's all. I say, okay. And then I started asking the Lord. I said, how do we start a multicultural church? And he gives, he gives me one word from scratch. Just start over. Just just, just do it Build over. it from scratch, right? Yeah. And I said, what does that look like? He said, look at the music that you play. 
Right. Make sure it's multicultural. Look at your leadership, make it so it looks multicultural. The way you're preaching style, you can't be hooping all the time. You got to teach something, right? And then the, look at the timing. You know, don't spend these hours, long hours in services. Make them want to come back next week. So I took <laughs> I took two of my Manassas football players one time to church with me. Uh-huh. I, I did it a lot. But yeah. This particular time, I took two clowns, man. I love these kids with clowns, <laughs> yeah, right? They, yeah. they were the ones that I got mad at and made run laps all the time. Right. But Lord <laughs> have mercy, when I was on the way home, I was dying laughing because they were hilarious. <laughs> I couldn't let them know they got me, but yeah. man, they got me, right? Yeah. So yeah. I take them to church and uh, the offering plate came around <laughs> and uh, they didn't put nothing in it. And the first the first kid didn't put nothing in it. And then Dre put his money in it and he nudged Jartavius and Jartavius went ahead and put the, his money in it. Uh-huh. And Jartavius said, Man, I, I ain't got but you know, one dollar and I needed to wait. <laughs> and Dre goes, Don't you know this thing's only coming around one time? They ain't got no building fund. This place here paid for. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difference. <laughs> and it, but it taught me yeah. a lesson because yeah. I after church I said, Man, what were y'all talking about? They yeah. like, Coach, in our church often play comes around. Two or three times, time. man. And I said, Really? They said, Yeah, because you got the regular offering, then you got the building fund, <laughs> then you got the wellness check fund That's or right. whatever. And he said, You got to keep enough money in your pocket, you That's got a little right. something to put it every time it comes around. That's true. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is so true. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So I get it. You're, right. you're doing a multicultural church, but right. there's a lot of different stuff to it. It is. It is. Uh, you know. By the way, my my, we in, I'm in a multicultural relationship, right? Okay. We got mixed children, and so it's it's kind of organic for us, you know. Sure, it's and your people, life, right? It's in our life. So when you come to the front door, if you're not if you don't have a multicultural mindset, you're probably not going to probably join our church. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And now, a few messages from our generous sponsors. But first, I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast so that you'll get the newest episodes in your library every week. And also, consider signing up to join the Army at normalfolks.us because together, we can change the country. And you'll also receive weekly email updates about the Army. We'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You start this church in, I guess, Atlanta area. Uh-huh. Is that right? Right. All right. No, yeah, we start in Atlanta area. Okay. And and you do it because Atlanta has lots of culture in it. Right. Okay. And very segregated. All right. And, and it is very <laughs> segregated. And so, but you got this business that you built that's still operating back in Tulsa. 
mm-hmm. Tulsa and related areas. Yeah, Tulsa, and then we we did expand here to Georgia as well. Okay. And four of the offices here in that one office in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, what happened? So we we're doing well. I'm, we're building the church. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of members are coming. We left that to. Uh, when you say you're building a church, do you have a, a fixed facility yet? Do yeah, we have that? a fourteen thousand square footage building. Wow, you're then you are building a church. You're building a, a church, a physical church. Yes, and and people, and it's just growing and growing, and and we're just having the best time of our lives. My wife and I, we're growing. Everything is happening like we thought it would happen. And then Tulsa, the employee there, started doing stuff under the table that I knew nothing about. You know, he started doing tax returns on the side, not within the company now. And so he's using the company's name, but he's not reporting it because he's getting cash on the side. Lovely. And uh, But he's using my name. And, because uh, you own the business. Because I own the business. He used my office, my all our resources, and he's getting this stuff on the side. And so he he started helping his friends out a little bit on the tax returns because everything we do is very conservative. We're watching everything that comes through. It's checked two or three times. we got CPA looking at it, making sure everything's good. He didn't send it through that process because he's getting money on the side. You know, so um, And then he gets in trouble. He gets in to the point where he gets indicted. Then it's my company. And he tells me he's getting indicted. And then I come down to try to save him. You know, this is, I, I, I can't believe this, this guy's doing tax returns correctly, I'm thinking. Well, um, because they thinking I'm the big fish of the whole company, let's indict him too. So I get indicted. Yikes. And, um, and so now we're in a, we're going to go to trial uh, a lot of times people take pleas when you're you getting indicted by the feds. Um, I wasn't going to take the plea. And even the prosecutor said, he's not going to take a plea because he's not going to lie on himself. He's a preacher. So she was right, and exactly. And so I told my lawyer, had the best lawyer that you could ever have, went to trial. Um, and, uh, and second day, first day, second day, third day in trial, we're winning. When I say we're winning, I'm saying that it's it's obvious to the judge and the jury. They can't put a case on you because a, you didn't have anything to do with didn't it. Have any, every time I go in Other there, than, I mean, in all candor, mm-hmm. I own a business. Right. And you are responsible for the people that work for you. Exactly. If your name's on it. I, that's exactly. You know. Gotcha. The crown's heavy. The crown is heavy. And so, so you did have responsibility that you didn't properly oversee your employee exactly i mean that's what i I, from a business from a business owner's perspective right i guess if i'm putting myself in your shoe my my sin in this and my problem in this is i allowed a -hmm. little bit of a lack of control inside Mm -hmm. my institution but still that can that's not necessarily criminal i don't think no well it it, it's not criminal it's it's not it's not righteous, but it's not criminal either. It's not, it's, 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 it could be, you know, like I, I said before, it goes all the way back for hiring this particular person. This yeah, is that's probably this, the mistake of the first That's the place. mistake. I get it. You know what I'm saying? It. This person, uh, the reason why I hired him is because he, he lost a job. He was going to my church. He lost a job in Tulsa. And he has a wife and four kids. And I knew why he lost that job but I didn't pay much attention to it. Mm. Right? So he, you, you, he had some shady past. He had some shady. He took a company truck out of town mm. and wasn't supposed to and got fired. Mm. And this guy is working. Uh, I, I brought him on board because I, I wanted him to make some money and, and take care of his family. There's something to be learned about that, is that doing good things versus doing God things. Right. I did a a good thing is bringing somebody on in spite of their past and and giving them an opportunity. Right. The the, the God thing did God say do that. And and when I look back, hindsight, God never said, told me to do that. (laughs) I I had a mentor when I grew up Mm -hmm. and he used to say that um, your your heart's ego gets in the way of your mind. Yes. Too often. And yes. he said, and you want to know how I can prove that to you? I uh. said, sure. He said, 
Have you ever felt when something goes wrong mm -hmm. and thought to yourself, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Mm. And yeah. I said, everybody's felt that. And yeah. he said, well, when something blows up and your first response is, I knew I shouldn't have done that, mm -hmm. that means your brain gave you the right answer to that quandary. That's right. But you chose to ignore your brain mm -hmm. because your ego thought you knew better. Oh, that is that is the truth. That is what, and my mentor <laughs> told me, he said, when your brain's telling you not to do something and your ego is telling you to do something, mm -hmm. take a deep breath and listen. Yeah. Because your brain will give you the answer to any question you ask it if you'll just shut yourself down long enough. Absolutely. And if you got a wife right there that was like I had. And your wife was probably was, telling was, you, you crazy. Like, Close this office down. <laughs> you don't need this office. You know, I'm like, no, but he's he's going to lose his job. He's going to lose. He can't take care of his family. So. so three days into the court over all of this, despite the mistake that you made with the guy. And mm -hmm. again, not hammering you, but I yeah. get it. I own a business. You you know, you, you, you pay for those mistakes, but still. Mm -hmm. You you may be held accountable to some losses or whatever, but you're mm -hmm. not losing a criminal case because mm -hmm. they're not able, because they can't rightly connect dots that aren't there. Right. And you didn't know this was going on. Right. I did not know. It was so going you feel on. like three days, you're at least yeah. winning I mean, the criminal portion of this absolutely. case. Absolutely. I come into court. Did, can you point out uh, Mr. Rob is in the courtroom? Never seen my face. Did he do your taxes? No. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, so the people that they were, that he was doing the work for, they yeah. were testifying. Yeah. I never met this guy. Never met this guy. No, it was this other guy who I was yeah, dealing with. Yeah. This guy is the one that did right. my taxes. I know him. Right. Da, da, da. So they never met me before. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm the, you know, third day, fourth, we, we went in the case and then all of a sudden something changed in the trial. They put a tax return up. It had a company stamp on it, my company stamp. But the one that we had as evidence against us didn't have a company stamp on it. You think they stamped it? Yeah. You think, no. they, you think they forged evidence? Yes. The prosecutor forged evidence? Yes. For real now? Yes. I mean, does that really happen nowadays? It really happened then and still happening today. They forged this, these documents. And I'm going to tell you how I know this, this really happened. My lawyer cross-examined the same document. And as he was cross-examined with the same witness that they had on the stand, he was bringing up this difference. And all of a sudden, six prosecutors go down in their chair, sliding down in their chair, and the proceedings stopped. The whole proceedings stopped. This is the middle of the day. This is a busy court. The whole proceedings stopped. And it's going to now start over the next day. Why? So they can regroup. Yeah. And so when we, um, the next morning, my lawyer all of a sudden tells me he's got five years of tax returns he has not done. Your own attorney? My own attorney. After a year's preparation. Good Lord. And I'm like, why are you telling me this now? This is a conflict of interest. But no, we got you, man. We're going we're gonna to win this case. Remember, they... They tried to change those documents on you. So he wants to keep me in the trial. I'm saying, I didn't figure all this out. And then until they finished their trial, they, the prosecutors, finished their part of the, the trial. Now it's our time. I never had a trial put up. I never had a case put up. He never called any witnesses. He never went back and reexamined the, the, the documents. He's never done. He had some character witnesses come up at the end. So was he getting out of his five years of mess by railroading the whole deal? Yeah. So his closing arguments is this. You know, the prosecutors, the state really won this trial. This is how overt this was. They really won this trial. My my client, they closed my, my client's uh, office down. And look at your tax dollars being used very well. That's his closing argument. Wow. And I got thrown under the bus, you know, railroad. So I'm like, uh, can you, before that, and he's back up before that, I said, can you put me on the stand? Because they put the, uh, the co-defendant on the stand with a new lawyer, which was an ex-prosecutor, to say he never did any tax returns. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He did no tax returns. This is his office there. 
And then it was my time. I said, well, you need to put me up there so I can say I didn't do the tax returns because it's his word against my word. My lawyer said, I don't have any questions for you. Wow. I have no questions for you. I said, you have to have some questions for me. You can't, we can't. And I'm thinking I've never been in trouble. I've never, not like this before. If I say anything, they're going to hold me contempt of court, da-da-da. I need to talk to my lawyer. And So by the time it was over, long story short, I got found guilty of false tax returns and was acquitted of conspiracy. My co-defendant, which is the employee, got acquitted of both. Wow. And, uh, and it's, it was because I was not able to speak for myself uh, on that. They, they had him for 65 counts. They had me for 15 of the same 65 counts because there's this conspiracy there. If they would have found me guilty of all him and me guilty, I could have done 15 years. So if there was a, a blessing that came out of this, when they didn't find him guilty, they only gave me three and a half years of false tax returns. But now you got to do three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, you are, how many children do you have at this point? I have three children. You, at this point, you have all three of your mm-hmm. children. So. No, 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 excuse me. No, not, not at this point. I think we had two at this point. Yeah. Okay. And the third one came in 2003. So, you have, you have come from the projects mm-hmm. and the ghetto of Houston. You have a degree an undergraduate degree, a mm-hmm. graduate degree, mm-hmm. you built a business, and now you've built a, a multicultural church in Georgia, mm-hmm. and you're thinking to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember my last- And married. And married. With children. With children. And you're going to jail. I'm going to turn myself in. And uh, I, I What can... does that feel like? Well- forget Forget that. I mean, for, absent the fact that you had to have felt railroaded, mm-hmm. that would be anger and frustration and everything, and I get that. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is, I, I mean, I know where I came from. Right. And I know I didn't have much nothing coming up. Mm-hmm. And I know I've reached a point in my life where at least I've been able to provide for my family and myself and have some level of success in my life. And for it to all be sh- stripped away, I, I, I think I would feel desperate. I mean, what, yeah. what did you feel? Empty. Empty. I felt like I was forsaken by God, forsaken by man. And I was disappointed with myself. You sure. Know? 
I was very disappointed because I, I made some decisions. That led to it. That ultimately, led to it. I take ultimately responsibility. you got to own it because yeah, you to. got you you partnered up with this guy that you yeah. knew wasn't any good anyway. I didn't at first. I was I was bitter at first. Not. Sure. I was very bitter about that, and I had to I had to come to this understanding that that I was I, I was flawed, you know, because when I was in prison, I was angry with everybody: the judge, the prosecutors, everybody. You know, the co-defendant, myself. I'm just mad. Right, God. That's and, fair enough. Yeah, I'm there. And then when you go and you get in prison, my wife dropped me off. First of all, I'm looking at my children. I'm thinking, I'm not going to ever see them in this context for at least for another three and a half years. Right. Drop them off at the daycare. Uh, and then uh, they kiss me just like normal. They don't yeah, have bye. a They don't, they don't have, have a clue. They're too young. They're like, they don't. So here I am. I'm getting dropped off at prison. I'm seeing these. These prison, these these uh, these bars, and I'm looking at these these wire barbed wire fence, and they, they talk to you. <laughs> they literally talk to you, and they say, "You're going nowhere for three years, for thirty years, for fifty years, and you get this sickness. Everybody feels this sickness. I, I found out. This and pit I, in your stomach. It's just this pit. It, 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 it's just you, you don't know what to do with all this. You're angry." upset you know some and people you no longer have control over anything in no, your life no, no. you're told when you, to shower shave there's no big eyes no little use in prison i don't care who it was you could have been a multi-millionaire or you can be just a person a poor person off the street doesn't matter everybody gets treated the same which is like crap like crap you get nothing they tell you it gets nothing coming here you have no divine. I can remember I said I, I'm divinely favored. You know, they said, no, you're not in here. <laughs> so how this felt was just yeah. empty and desperate. Just empty and desperate. And, and your alone. heart must be breaking as you're saying goodbye to your family. Oh, and this happens on a regular basis when they come to visitation. But we'll talk well, about but, that. But what I'm thinking is that first day. And then also I'm sitting here as I'm thinking through talking yeah. to you about this. Mm -hmm. You also... You're losing everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, how can you run a church when you're not there and right. your business is gone? Yeah. So you've come from nowhere, built up the church and this business, and it's over. It's over. It's and over. how are you going to take care of your wife and kids? But she's never worked outside the house. She, she well, I don't know how they're going to make it now. I don't know. We're going to. So you got to be desperate. Ah, uh, just desperate, depressed, down and out. Don't know what to do. Didn't want to pray, couldn't pray because I'm mad at God. Mm -hmm. Just think about it. You just, you, you're at a state where you're like, how in the world I got here in the first place? I'm blaming everybody else but myself, right? Then I, then there was something that happened while I was in prison, okay. going through all these emotions. After I did my appeal, I lost the appeal, uh, losing it meaning that they're not going to answer it. Right. Didn't never answered it to this day. Right. Um, so I'm 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 like okay. Um, then God shows me as I'm yeah. Lo important for the listeners, losing yeah. appeal doesn't mean they reviewed your case and found you guilty again. Right. They just said no, nah, no, we we're, ain't revisiting this. We're, revisiting. we're calling this closed. That's right. So quit rightness. Quit rightness. So right. you didn't really lose an appeal. You just never gonna get an appeal heard. Right. Okay. Exactly. But yeah, you cling to a little hope of an appeal. Right. And when that's over, you lose all that hope too. You go into another um, spiral yeah, of, I get it. of depression. I've had, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've spoken with people who have yeah. explained that the appeal, only like one-tenth of one percent of appeals actually go anywhere. Mm -hmm. But it, the reason so many people uh, send them out is they many of them don't even think they have a chance. But it right. just offers them some shred of hope some shred. that is non-existent. Exactly, exactly. And so I'm in, I'm in the prison, in the courtyards of the prison. This is when things really start shifting and turning around in yeah. my mindset. I'm watching these guys stealing out of the kitchen, right? Bread. I'm like, what you? You locked up? I mean, you still still. And uh, <laughs> they got you already. What you doing? <laughs> they got cameras around here, you know. And uh, and and then all of a sudden, this familiar voice um, in my mind started speaking. Do you think these bones can live right here? And I'm like, 
I'm, this familiar voice is how God talks to me in my mind. I said, you know, why are you talking to me? I don't want to talk to you. And he said, I want you to speak life to those dry bones right there. I want you to speak life. Speak life to them. Yes, I want you to speak life to them. And then he said, I want you to look at the four winds, and I want you to speak life to the four winds to speak life to them. And what that meant to me was that I was supposed to, in spite of my situation, I was to bring hope in a dark place because I had the goods to do that. I had the ability. Well, you have the, you have the mm-hmm. one, you have the pedigree. Right. Because you've actually gotten a master's in divinity, and you built church. Yeah. So you had the chops. Yeah. You had the intellect. You had the know-how. Mm-hmm. You just had to have the want to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the want to was not there until God started showing me myself. So now you're going to start a church Well, that prison? was the first thing that— Or an of, outreach in prison? Well, well it, it was the first thing that started changing my heart, you know. And then he showed me another thing. He said, um, you remember when I told you to close that office? And then I confirmed that with my wife? Yeah. With your wife? Yeah. Which is my second Holy Spirit. Which you didn't. Which I did, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a good thing. Yeah. He said, remember I told you to close that? You didn't do it. Yeah. He said, that is sin to me. He said, it's no more, no more or less sin than Adam. So was it greed or ego? I think it was both. Yeah. To be honest with you. See, I've made mistakes before. <laughs> I've made mistakes before in my business. Yeah. And I've justified it with... I'm doing this good thing. Yeah. But the truth is it was my own greed and ego. And so I I hear your story and I feel what you're saying. Like you want to help out this guy, even though you know, this guy is not a good dude. Yeah. You think about his family and everything else, but in the back of my mind, I'm hearing that and I'm thinking, ah, but he was also making some money doing this too. Probably I wouldn't do it if I wasn't making any money. That's the truth. Now, see, that's real. (laughs) That so is real, right? Things, that's real. That's what you find out in places like that. You I go, feel it. I mean, I, yeah. I haven't been in prison, but I know I've, yeah. made, mis- I've, I've made mistakes, mm-hmm. justified them as in I'm doing, being the good guy, doing things. But if you right. want to know the real truth, Come on. I was getting something out of it. Get, you probably wouldn't do it. if You you know, to right. be honest, I wouldn't, you know, because I'm a business person. I'm yeah, a businessman. Right. You know what I'm saying? We need to get something. And so I got something. I, why not? Do something good while you I don't know Do which one. good, make a little money. I don't know I'm which came first. I know. You know what I'm saying? Good it. might have been an initial thing. Yeah. But, hey, I could also make some money doing yeah. this. I don't know which one came first. Yeah, but, those, those yeah. kind of messes oftentimes don't have a beginning or an end. That's right. That's right. So Yeah, they're just a circle of mess. Mm-hmm. So now you're in prison and mm-hmm. you feel like the Lord's put on your heart to try to spread some hope and use mm-hmm. the talents he's given you inside prison. I'm ready to go so now. how do you do it? Yeah, I started a program in there. You know, I started a program called the PATH program, Purpose Achieved Through Him. And I thought, okay, what is the first thing that Jesus did? Jesus went around and recruited people. And I I looked at all of this this educational capital in here. You got ex-CPAs, psychologists, you got ex-preachers, business people, congressmen, all these, because it's a federal prison camp, right? Very educated people. I said, all this capital here. Let me go around and recruit, you know, coaches in here. And uh, I had this mind of fresh life, right? This, this fresh life is an acronym stands for financial relationship, education, spiritual health, legal investments, fitness, and entrepreneurship. So it's because it's federal prison camp. You've yeah. got some white collar criminals in oh. there that have a lot to offer in terms yes. of their experience and know how. Yeah. So you're going out and finding guys that do financial stuff, accountants psychologist or whatever mm-hmm. who made missteps to get themselves in prison, but they still have that core competency. They have Absolutely. that school of thought that they know. And and they're just like me and we want to do the right thing. And so we, we got a lot of younger guys in there that are misdirected, don't have any direction. They just, just, just lost. out there lost. And I thought, let me start, let me get these very educated guys that have a heart that want to help these younger community. And every week we started the PAD program, hundreds and hundreds of people you show up after work because they love this program. We have a coach a week, Fresh Life Coach. And um, you start a mentoring program, basically. Yep. And so after the prison, in prison. And so these mentoring is what they would do after the class. They will huddle up around the trees 
and the coach will, will be teaching these students. No, that's cool. Yeah, and they had the time to do it. And so Ain't they would come out. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, right? Right. And so they would come out with uh, life plans, business plans, ministry plans. And a lot of them came out and started churches, businesses, uh, got jobs with their lives, re reunited with their families. So that was probably the best thing I ever done in my life, really, in a prison setting. And that concludes part one of my conversation with Pastor Lee Robbins. And part two is now available, which dives into his extraordinary re-entry program called Vital Signs. I hope you'll listen in. It's interesting stuff. I'll see you in part two. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.